This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Trapasso here from cbssports.com. And you are listening to the Friday, August 28th version of the Prospect Podcast. Jumping right back into the NFL draft today uh, with some prospect evaluations that I realized I haven't gotten to anywhere. Uh, I wrote full scouting reports with NFL comparisons for some of the big names right after they opted out of the 2020 college football season. Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota. Rondale Moore, the wide receiver from Purdue. Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher defense alignment from Miami. Uh, Caleb Farley, the Fairley, excuse me, the cornerback from Virginia Tech. All very talented players. All players that I see squarely inside the first round. Not just where they will be picked, but how I view them as a draft evaluator. So all of those evaluations, so scouting reports are up on cbssports.com. If you you just Google CBS Sports Chris Trapasso, you'll get the top results will be a link to my archive. Check those out. Oh, also, forgot a big one. uh, Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, also did a scouting report on him. Strengths, weaknesses, pro comparison. He's another one. Certainly, I see him inside the first round. Uh, So all those are up there. And beyond that, I talked about Jay Tufele on this podcast. I talked about uh, who's a defensive tackle from USC. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern, very polished, like his game a lot. Um, Sage Sherratt, the wide receiver from Wake Forest, big physical jump ball wide receiver. A few prospects I have not written about or discussed on this podcast, and I'll jump right into them. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. The guard from USC uh, was very intrigued by his film in that for being a younger player, and we're not going to see him, of course, in the Pac-12. I'm trying to get to as many Pac-12, Big Ten, and MAC prospects as I can before the season and and even during the season to cement pretty close to a final grade on them because we're not going to see them this fall. Um, So Elijah Vera Tucker I thought was fantastic in pass protection last season. Keaton Slovis, uh, that freshman quarterback, had such a good first season 
at the college level. And I think Elijah Vera Tucker was a big reason why. I mean, certainly the wide receivers, the whole line collectively um, was pretty good for the Trojans. But Elijah Vera Tucker, even next to Austin Jackson um, at left tackle, which now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking I may have already spoken on Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, but just a quick recap for him. For those who didn't catch that episode, if I did talk about it, um, just great in pass protection. He looks like an offensive tackle next to Austin Jackson, who went in the first round to the Miami Dolphins. Um, very balanced, great awareness of stunts, um, just smooth operator. Does not look overwhelmed or out of control or panicked. Uh, pretty good hand use. I think he can be a little bit late with his punches at, time, at times, but uh, a solid player in that he's pretty athletic, he's long, and he's a better pass protector than he is as a run blocker right now. I think he have an early second-round grade on him, somewhere in that range, and that's a little bit fluid because we'll see where some of these other players will ultimately come in. Uh, but, yeah, just talking about Elijah Vera Tucker right there, I'm pretty sure I already uh, talked about my evaluation of him on a podcast previously. That's just co- kind of the quick summary of him um, as a top prospect. I think I talked about him now that I'm – trying to remember previous episodes I had when I discussed my Pac-12 preview where I listed the top prospects for all the 12 teams in the Pac-12 about a week or so ago at cbssports.com. Uh, that's when I talked about Elijah Vera Tucker. So I didn't have a, an episode dedicated just to him and a few others. Um, but that's kind of the summary for him. Uh, Jalen Twyman moving on uh, to the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. My initial grade for him and just how I viewed him, I viewed him as like a top half of the first round player early on, like right after the 2020 draft. I think I had him inside my top 15. Watched a few games, was thoroughly impressed by his pass rushing move arsenal that I thought, uh, I mean, and it was more than just playing defensive tackle, being on the smaller side and wearing number 97. I did see shades of Aaron Donald beyond all those things from stylistically uh, Jalen Twyman ver- was very impressive to me just with how good he was with his hands. Uh, he also opted out of the 2020 season. I think that that Pitt team was ready to be and still will be pretty competitive in what's going to be a really fun ACC season if we get a full season beyond Clemson. I think North Carolina is a lot of fun. I'll talk about two of their wide receivers in a minute. Um, Pitt is still going to be not a fun team to play, having Notre Dame in the conference as well. Um, for this 10-game conference schedule. Um, But back to uh, Jalen Twyman, I don't want to get too off track. Um, Over the summer, watching more of his film, five, six, seven games, uh, I I saw that he's not an incredible athlete. And that's why Aaron Donald is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been the best defender in the NFL for about four or five seasons now um, because he has a loaded pass rush move arsenal. He's incredibly strong. We've all seen the pictures of him on Twitter and on Instagram with his shirt off. He looks like a linebacker. Um, But he's a freaky athlete. He had one of the best combine pro days, uh, that whole pre-draft workout that we've seen in a very long time, if ever, at the defensive tackle spot. I don't think Jalen Twyman has that twitch, has that first-step quickness of an Aaron Donald. Um, And his pass rush move arsenal is not – to the level of Aaron Donald's. It's going to be pretty rare to see any defensive lineman that has that type 
of counter moves, uh, can read blocks so quickly and just knows how to deploy his hands and has a lot of power in his hands. But he's certainly not complacent just bull rushing guards and centers. There was a, a lot of times where Pitt was using him as a nose tackle at like 6'2", 290. Uh, he is a three technique all the way in the NFL. Let him play on the outside shoulder of guards, attack up the field, and use some counter moves that he has. He A nice arm over swim move um, when he does threaten that outside shoulder of the guard where he can really push the A-gap um, and get right in the quarterback's lap. And I actually think he would probably be better off losing a little bit of weight to add some quickness, if that would be the case. Um, that I'm even fine if he's somewhere in the low 280s, uh, but it adds to his first step quickness, and he can still deploy those hands. He's very strong in his upper half. There's a lot of times where guards try to bully him in the run game, uh, and he's able to just plant both feet and just torque that upper half and throw much bigger blockers aside. I don't think he's a stupendous run blocker right now, a run stopping player right now, but against run blocking for being 6'2 and 290, somewhat on the smaller side, even for the ACC, uh, Twyman holds up pretty well in one-on-one situations against the run and does have pass rushing prowess uh, because of his hands. He's not incredibly stiff or slow um but that's not where he's going to win right now in the nfl if if he enters the nfl with the same exact athletic profile as what he showed on film last season at pittsburgh he's going to win with his hands uh and some of the pop in his hands more so than quickness and acceleration and athleticism like aaron donald so i'm a little lower on him than i initially was after watching more film and that's the luxury of having the time to watch more film with these players is that some players move up and down your board quite a bit. Still have him, I think, in the second round, maybe top of the third. I think he's going to be uh, someone who plays in the NFL for a while because he is so technically sound. Uh, but Jalen Twyman uh, did not write about him or talk about him on the podcast. Fun player. He, he certainly projects better to the NFL now than he would have if he were entering the league five or ten years ago. Uh, well, actually, I guess closer to 10 because Aaron Donald came in in 2014. Everyone called him undersized, and he's been, again, a future first ballot Hall of Famer pretty much since day one in the NFL. Two players I need to talk about, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago. I watched North Carolina, and it was actually after watching Jalen Twyman play North Carolina. I figured I need to watch what happened on this offense. Was Sam Howell, as a freshman, uh, having such a good year, and, and it wasn't it wasn't phony. It, it wasn't a lot of bubble screens. Uh, it was a lot of passes down the field, a lot of plays with his feet. I needed to watch, did he have good receivers? And, and I knew of uh, Diami Brown and Daz Newsom, but I wanted to really dig in on both of those wide receiver prospects. I have Newsom graded right now a little bit ahead of Brown, um, for one main reason, that I think after the catch, Daz Newsom, who is a lot smaller than Brown, uh, is just a better player. That when you talk about force missed tackles, contact balance, it's not just for running backs. If you're good at doing those things as a wide receiver, you're adding a lot of value to your game. And Daz Newsom's like 5'11", 6'1", 180, 190. He's not lanky, has a pretty built frame, but outstanding after the catch like he has not ever 
complacent just catching the football and falling down. He catches it and instantly you see the twitchiness, uh, the suddenness in his feet. He has great vision to find and weave through a lane, uh, will run through tackles pretty strong. And I thought he made some good plays near the sideline too um, with his body control. I think he projects very well to the next level. And not just as a slot receiver, that you can be 5'11", maybe six foot, 190 and play on the outside. He did so at North Carolina last season. Yes, there was some stuff that was schemed, but there are some plays in the NFL, of course, where wide receivers are, are getting schemed the football and getting schemed space. Um, I just think Daz Newsom plays with that instant acceleration. The second he touches the football, um, he's off and running and, and will make defenders miss in space. And he's a pretty good route runner, too. It wasn't like North Carolina was having him run two separate routes and that was it. Uh, a lot of routes routes with multiple breaks where he had to really throttle down and explode in the opposite direction. Uh, I think somewhere in the second round for him is not out of the question. Um, it'll be fun watching him this season with this North Carolina team. And then his teammate, teammate Diami Brown, bigger uh, body on the outside between like 6'2", 6'3". Um, again, pretty sturdy frame like Daz Newsome. Uh, and, and the subtle ability to make a cornerback miss midway through his route uh, where he can break to the outside like he's going to run almost like a back shoulder fade from the outside and then just cut back inside to get that leverage to give Sam Howell uh, a throwing lane was outstanding that you weren't I wasn't really expecting someone that big to be that quick uh, I, I think he is someone that you don't necessarily want throttling down too f- frequently. Um, just keep him on that vertical route tree. There was, seemed like every game he was getting hit for a big play and a lot of times for a touchdown down the field on double moves, on posts, on straight go routes, and he plays to every inch of how big he is, and he's well over six foot. Uh, very good in contested catch situations. There was only a few times where I didn't see him come down with the football. I think Daz Newsome is also good, and he tracks the football very naturally. He had an outstanding catch against Duke last year, one of those where he caught the football on the back of the corner um, and held on as they went to the ground. But in terms of contested catch situations, rebounding, um, if Dimey Brown is not running past you, he will make plays uh, in those contested catch situations because of his leaping ability, how good his awareness is, how well he tracks the football. Those two wide receivers are definitely... NFL talents, and it wouldn't shock me if one or both of those wide receivers we're talking about as first-round selections. I, I don't think it's a lock. It's not something I'm fully expecting, but they are day-two prospects at best or, or at worst right now, and we could even see them move up boards because of their explosiveness. They're going to hit a lot of big plays and just the intricacies. They're route-running. Diamond Brown has shown he can win in the ACC on the outside, down the field, both with speed, with quickness in terms of beating press at the line, um, and with his contested catch ability. And Daz Newsom is just a slippery, sudden running back type slot who can also play on the outside. So the ACC is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year beyond Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, all that. Um, All right, that'll do it today. Those are four just quick um, evaluations I wanted to get out there. Uh, Jalen Twyman's opted out. Elijah Vera Tucker, we're not going to see him in the Pac-12. And we are going to get uh, Dimey Brown 
and Daz Newsome in the ACC. So their grades will change, uh, but I just wanted to get my preseason evaluations of those two really fun and dynamic wide receivers from North Carolina. All right, that'll do it for me today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening to the Prospect Podcast.